Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Here, a potential suspect could be named in the next hour in the murder of a mother of five who was found dead on a hiking trail in Maryland. Rachel Morin's body was discovered on August 6th. She was reported missing by her boyfriend the night before after she didn't return home. Hartford County Chief Deputy William Davis will be joining Banfield tonight. But coming up next is Leland Vittert on, on Balance. He's got the latest on the crackdown on retail crime in Los Angeles. I'm Elizabeth Vargas. Have a great night. On the program tonight, campaigning from the basement. Will avoiding the media work for Trump in 2024 like it did for Biden in 2020? You know, they all want me to go, okay, onto the debate stage. I don't know. Does it really make a lot of sense? Does it really? The dangers for Mr. Trump playing it safe this time around. Retail crime chaos. California spends millions to catch brazen crooks, but it's not working. Now the community is fed up with the city's soft on crime in DA. Is it time to rethink your strategy when it comes to prosecuting crime in this county? What's the point of arresting criminals if the prosecutors will just release them? Scapegoat. We're going to see more fires. It's a climate chaos. How federal officials are using climate change to cover up massive failures before and after the Maui fires. Hot Girl Summer. She made history as the youngest female leader in world history. Now she's hitting up the music festivals. What we could all take away from the former Finnish prime minister's sabbatical. Welcome to the Ferris Show on television. First tonight... You only use a fake name on your email if you are doing something wrong. Enter Robert L. Peters. You've never heard of him, of course, but that is the email name that Joseph R. Biden used. Robert L. Peters was Joseph R. Biden. Turns out there may be a lot more to then-Vice President Biden's emails than originally thought. Republicans now want all of the mysterious Mr. Peters emails. They think it could shed light on conversations between then-Vice President and Hunter Biden, along with Hunter's business associates and also the Vice President's aides. Perhaps it could shed light on the Vice President's conversations and schedule around his trips to Ukraine. 
On one such trip, he demanded Ukraine fire a prosecutor that was looking into Burisma. That's a controversial energy company that employed Hunter. So what exactly did Mr. Peter say about Burisma? To make the connection clear, here is the graphic. Burisma hired Hunter for obvious reasons during his dad's time as vice president. And we know that the prosecutor who was investigating Burisma got fired. What's missing is the records, if there are any, of conversations between Hunter and his father or his father's staff putting these things together, going from selling influence to actually selling actions by the vice president of the United States on behalf of the American people. That goes from merely being wrong and unseemly to criminal. wonder what Mr. Peters said about that. So there may not be records of Vice President Biden talking with Hunter or his staff, but there could be records of Robert L. Peters talking to the Vice President's staff and to Hunter Biden. And Mr. Biden, of course, wouldn't be the first politician to use fake names. Disgraced Congressman Anthony Weiner used Carlos Danger to send illicit pictures to young women. Chelsea Clinton went by Diane Reynolds to check into hotels. Elliot Spitz, remember him, the governor of New York? He was George Fox when he set up appointments with high-end escorts. Donald Trump went by all sorts of names, sometimes to even act as his own spokesman. The list goes on. And to be fair, famous people use fake names to stay at fancy hotels and on and on and on. But that excuse doesn't apply to the vice president of the United States. Mr. Biden, Mr. Peters, didn't need to use a stealth email for dinner reservations. Can't really show up in a stealthy way as the vice president. So why was Mr. Biden Mr. Peters? This brings us back to the missing link between Joe and Hunter. The White House maintains the older Biden never spoke to his son about his business dealings or was never in business with his son and some variations of these denials. Story keeps changing. But Hunter's business partner, Devin Archer, specifically refutes that, saying Biden Sr. got on the phone routinely to sell the Biden brand. So how did he know to get on the phone? Maybe, just maybe, because there was an email to Robert L. Peters. There's also, of course, a few other names used by Mr. Biden, including Robin Ware and J.R.B. Ware. So, yes, you heard that right. Republicans now want emails and documents related not only to Mr. Peters, but Robin Ware and J.R.B. Ware. So Mr. Biden did not use just one fake name in his emails, but three. Tom Dupree is here, former Deputy Assistant Attorney General, a man with the best background in television. It's good to see you, sir. Thank you. Uh, all Great right. to see you. Are Republicans getting closer to a smoking gun? It feels like it, Leland. And look, this uh, discovery that uh, former Vice President Biden may well have been sending out emails and having communications using a pseudonym really just raises the whole level of intrigue here. I mean, it's not exactly James Bond level stuff, but it does beg the question of why on earth a sitting vice president of the United States would be emailing under a pseudonym. All I can say is if there is a trove of emails out there from the mysterious Mr. Peters, I will wager that they are going to be a lot more interesting than the emails sent from regular old Joe Biden. It, it reminds me of Andy Card, the chief of staff during the Bush administration you served in. Three email responses, yes, no, and see me. Uh, other than that, you can get in trouble for, um, for what's in email. But look, how much of this goes to state of mind, right? We started off the program by saying you don't use a fake name if everything is on the up and up, right? If you're not doing something wrong, you don't need to use a fake name. Does this go to, even from a criminal standpoint, a conscious of guilt, if you will? <laughs> 
Absolutely. I think that's the first thing a prosecutor would latch on to is the fact that Joe Biden apparently saw fit to use a pseudonym and effectively camouflage and conceal his communications would reflect a consciousness of guilt. It's it's self-evident. The reason why you would communicate under a fake name is because you don't want anybody to attribute those communications to you. So, yes, it definitely raises suspicious eyebrows as to why he was doing this, what he said. And it's also somewhat ironic that if he thought he was being secret or was going to keep these communications out of the public spotlight, that they're now today housed at the National Archive, for goodness sake, where a congressman can get them just by making a request. Right. And it was interesting enough that he did all this, but used what's called a .gov email address. It was a government email server that he used, but used it under this other name. And and this right could shed a lot of light on on what was said and what was said to Hunter about Hunter, what Hunter asked uh, Robert Peters to do um, and and the like. Republicans keep saying the Biden crime family that they have this this idea of a quid pro quo. And we can all agree that the vice president's son making millions not because of his business acumen, but because his last name is unsavory. It's wrong. It's it's all these things, uh, dare I say, un-American or maybe very American. Maybe that's the problem. But anyway, um, what is it that Republicans need to prove that this wasn't just Hunter Biden selling the idea of influence, but selling actual influence that would become criminal? Well, they need evidence that links Biden, Joe Biden, to Hunter's business activities. Uh, They need to show that Joe Biden used the prestige and the power of his office to advance his son's private business interests. And look, that doesn't have to be something as, you know, over the top and heavy handed as, you know, demanding a prosecutor be fired, although it could. But it also could involve things just, you know, as, as seemingly harmless as him sitting in on phone calls and weighing in and announcing his presence as a way of signaling that the vice president was supporting his son in his business dealings and that his son could draw upon the vice president of the United States to help advance his business interests. It's yet another reason that people in Ukraine and elsewhere would want to hire Hunter. Biden. Lord knows they weren't doing it for his business acumen. They were doing it because of his connections. And that's what Congress is looking to see, if they can find an actual use of that connection on the part of the vice president. Right. And look, the vice president for a long time, his story is slightly changing, but for a long time basically said, to your point, I had nothing to do with this. I was never on the phone. I was never involved. I was never helping Hunter. Uh, Take a listen to some of the things he said. I've never spoken to my son about drugs. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. He's a grown man. And it turns out he did not do a single thing wrong. So all three of those things have been proven untrue. Lying as a politician, of course, is not a crime. But I ask you this. Based on what you said that we need for the possibility of criminal charges... We're almost there, are we not? Yes, I don't think we are that far away from it. And the fact that the White House's narrative has had to shift almost on a daily basis to account for all the evidence that has been coming out drip, drip, drip day after day. I mean, look, now if all these emails come out showing that Biden was actually conducting business under the pseudonym of Mr. Peters, I mean, I, I honest to God, I suspect the White House's next argument is going to be it wasn't Vice President Biden doing all this. It was this Mr. Peters fellow who was doing it. I mean, that's the direction we've been heading in where every day it's a new story to account and explain for all this damning evidence that keeps coming out. 
Yeah, well, we'll see, we'll see what Mr. Peters had to say in his emails. Um, hey, Tom, it's always good to see you. Thanks for hopping on with us. Uh, perfect man for this discussion. Thank you. Thanks, Leland. All right. We say it's the fairest show on television. So that was Mr. Biden's turn. Now we go on to Mr. Trump, who, of course, made a name for himself with hours long media spectacles. And yet now he's taking a page out of President Biden's campaign playbook. Despite his love of being the center of attention, Mr. Trump is curiously, shall we say, avoiding any type of media confrontation. He's running a very safe campaign, a basement strategy, one might say. Just look at his campaign stop so far. He's made 31 trips to 17 different states since February, far less than some of his Republican competitors. For example, Vivek Ramaswamy, who had a town hall with us, had been to 73 cities in 10 states as of July, DeSantis 52 cities in 19 states. Remember, Donald Trump is a man who spent so much time talking to the White House press corps next to Marine One. On multiple occasions, the decoy helicopters had to fly off and refuel so the president could continue talking to a hostile press corps. At the Iowa State Fair, he spoke to no national media or local outlets and barely took questions from the press pool following him. Hogan Gidley knows a lot about the Trump media strategy. He used to implement it as Deputy White House Press Secretary and, of course, well, Donald Trump crafted it, as Hogan would tell us. It's good to see you, sir. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, why is Donald Trump suddenly now the man who loved the media during his presidency and during 2016 would talk to anybody, the most inaccessible person campaigning for president next to Joe Biden? Well, OK, first of all, I don't work for Donald Trump right now. So let's make that very clear. But second of all, I disagree with the premise. Um, he well, doesn't... Sure. I, I knew you would. I, I knew you yeah, would. Well, well, he doesn't love the media. Uh, he loves the arguments. He loves going back and forth and trying to get his message out there, his real actual record out there and make them cover something other than, uh, you know, phony Russia collusion hoaxes and focus on Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, for example. Uh, but he uses them as a tool. But, I mean, he's all over True Social all the time. Uh, he talked to the media, I think, at his last uh, arraignment or, or, or maybe the one previous so he's not afraid to talk to the media by any stretch. But the fact is, you and I have talked about before, Leland, when you talk about the mainstream media and their coverage of Donald Trump, I mean, from July 8th or from June 8th to July 18th, 527 minutes they dedicated to uh, Donald Trump as indictments and zero minutes to Hunter and Joe Biden's crime uh, implications and bribery schemes. So it's very clear he sees them as adversarial to what he's trying to accomplish, okay, well, and they're absolutely playing the right the right uh, part there. Okay, well, Hogan. Okay, reasonable people can agree that we just dedicated about ten minutes to to Hunter Biden. We just did that you story did? earlier. So so so, point okay. But it's it's impossible to say that the media is any le- more hostile to Donald Trump now than they were when he was president. And yet he would work the rope line for 20 or 30 minutes. I mean, I remember being out on the South Lawn with you um, as the yeah. Secret Service was like, let's go, let's go. And he would keep he would keep answering questions until we ran out of questions. And now sure. all of a sudden he he doesn't talk. Uh, he won't talk no. about anything, even even. Oh, come on, Hogan. I was at the Iowa State Fair in 2016. He was given helicopter rides and given every outlet an interview, giving every national media outlet that would follow him an interview. He he enjoyed it. And now suddenly he's he's gone into a cocoon or, or a basement. And I disagree with that. But the but the fact is, when you talk about the what was the last rope line he worked, 
Come on. But, but you talk about other candidates who go around and do the cities that they have to do. No one knows who they are. They don't know their policies. They don't know where they stand. He was a former president of the United States. Everyone understands the policies he would implement. In fact, all of the other candidates are copying the America First policies and saying, hey, I'm just like Donald Trump. Elect me and I promise I'll do all the things he did via policy. So he doesn't have to work rope lines like he used to, but still he's pretty accessible. I mean, you're playing clips of him from just days ago. In fact, judges are trying to get him to stop talking as much uh, as, as he has been doing. So you, you can't have it both ways. It just always seems like whatever he does, he dissatisfies the media. If he talks too much, it's too much. If he doesn't talk enough, it's not enough. I, so, you know, he's just going to be as a man and a, as a former president and as a candidate. I can say as somebody who covered him extensively that I never complained about access. <laughs> it was, no, I mean, that was not. what made him so That's different is that, is that he was willing to talk. He was willing to talk and he was willing to be out there. Agree, disagree. Like, like, he did an interview with Kudlow today for like an hour on, on Larry Kudlow's show. That's a, that's a, fair, it's a I think, fair point. I think, I think, I think, I think you can, I think I think you can also. The, we're getting to the root of the problem here. What you really want him on is News Nation and your show. I think that's what we're angling for here. And, hey, look, I don't work for him, but I'm happy to make the call and say, well, hey, Leland hey, Vitter's out there. It's he a needs some fair time. show on television. Any, anybody who's willing to come here and uh, be willing to take the questions, as you always are, gets a fair shake, and he is always welcome, as is anybody uh, running for president. That's just the way, that's the way it works. Everybody gets the same, uh, same treatment. Hogan, it's good to see you. Thank you. We appreciate you putting in a good word for us. I'm not sure it'll do any good. We've asked a lot. But uh, if you can help, we'd appreciate it. I'll see what I can do. Thanks, Leland. All right. Talk soon. Former ESPN anchor Sage Steele says parent company Disney demands allegiance to progressive ideals by its on-air talent and enforces the unwritten policy through harassment and retaliation. Serious, serious allegations. She says Disney made her apologize in 2021 for calling ESPN's vaccine mandate scary. Says she also came under fire for comments she made about race. Sage joins Adrian Banker tomorrow on Morning in America for her first cable TV interview. And Adrian joins us now. Congratulations on the great booking. Why is this story important? Well, thank you to our team uh, for working on this booking. You know, I think that we need to have a serious conversation in this country about what exactly diversity means and what exactly free speech means. There are a lot of people commenting on the Sage Steele story, the departure uh, from this very beloved uh, by a lot of people, ESPN anchor, until she said too much. And what she said has been tweeted and pontificated, but now she's actually saying in her own words what she meant and why she now wants to leave for an opportunity where she can, quote, exercise her First Amendment rights more freely. Well, look, we can all agree, and we all work for media companies, that your, your First Amendment applies to the, the government, not to companies we work for. But the idea that Disney um, is silencing people and, and having a political agenda sort of plays into this 2024 narrative, right? You've got everything that's happening in Florida with Disney. Um, you've got how ABC deals with China. All, all of these intersecting points. Um, did you, in this settlement with Disney, it doesn't seem as though she's under what would typically be called a non-disparagement agreement or any kind of agreement that she can't talk freely. I think it's going to be pretty amazing to hear not only what, what she says has happened to her, but sort of what the um, guidance that came on from down high would be on all sorts of issues, right? 
Yeah, I'm really curious about that as well. I mean, seeing her speak out on social media just so vocally about why it was important for her to leave, that she will not be silenced anymore. I think, and and again, I'm going to talk to her about this tomorrow on Morning in America. There had to be a breaking point where she felt inside of herself the frustration, maybe the disappointment, uh, maybe even sorrow over feeling like she could not do what she saw other colleagues do. Listen, we've all worked for companies and know where the line is drawn, right? There are unspoken rules of conduct at every corporation. I do not believe she was in the dark about any of that. But I do believe (laughs) that so many people over the past few years, especially in light of a lot of controversial moves, you know, one could argue the COVID vaccine mandate wasn't controversial. It was highly divisive. There are people in this country who still are adamant that there should never have been mandates. But a lot of people in this country don't even think that's worth talking about. But she's actually, you know, some could call her courageous, some could call her crazy for saying what many people are thinking. Right. You know, it's it's a great it's a great point. And uh, as you said, and I think she makes the point also, we'll hear about it tomorrow, is the the double standard, right? That some people were allowed to speak their opinions uh, if the opinions align with what the mouse wanted. And others, others were not. I, I, I know a thing or two about um, the spoken and unspoken guidelines at, uh, at various places. Uh, but thank you, um, Adrian. Morning yeah. America has more than just phenomenal interviews. If you check out Adrian's Instagram, you will see some of the other talents that Adrian and her co-anchor, Marky Martin, display on a daily basis for their viewers. Uh, we will roll that tape eventually. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think we're going to play it tomorrow. <laughs> no, we don't. We, we don't. We don't. Oh, there it is. Play it now. Yeah, I mean, a little TikTok dance didn't hurt anybody. No, no. Lots of fun tomorrow morning in America. Adrian Bankard, Marky Marky. Adrian, thanks for staying up late with us. We know it's past your bedtime. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Leland. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> All right. Democrats blame climate change for the wildfires in Maui, but we're going to show you the reality and why the climate change excuse is just covered for some big, big failures by politicians and actually climate policy. Plus, some died in the fires trying to protect their pets. Those rescuing the four-legged friends. Some pretty amazing heroics coming out of Hawaii when we come back. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The deals here at Lindsay Ford are still bringing the heat. F-150s, Mavericks, and Lightning. Up to $5,000 off with financing as low as 3.9%. So grab your train and hurry in. You'll love it See dealer for details. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Kind of like choosing Derek Jeter as the pinch hitter for your baseball team. Jeter, you're in. We need a home run. I'll give it a try. I've swung a bat once or twice. That's out of here. 
Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Together. Juntos. Together. We stand up to cancer. On Saturday, August 19th, join Stand Up to Cancer for all the inspiration. Together, we can stand up for our family and friends and everyone who is battling this disease. Celebrating all the progress and innovation. So just stand up with us. One night to save lives. Join the millions in the fight against cancer. Tune in Saturday, August 19th at 8, 7 central on ABC, CBS, Fox, and NBC. For more ways to watch, visit StandUpToCancer.org. Have you ever wanted to go above and beyond for your community? Volunteering for your local fire or EMS department is your opportunity. Join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. As a volunteer, you will meet new people, learn new skills, and make a meaningful impact. Learn more at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org. Thanks for listening to News Nation on the Go. I'm Leland Vittert, delivering fact based, unbiased news from all sides. You know that big bargain detergent jug is 80% water, right? 80% water? I thought I was getting a better deal because it's so big. If you want a better clean, Tide Pods are only 12% water. The rest is pure, concentrated cleaning ingredients. Oh, pass me the intercom thingy. Attention shoppers. If you want a real deal, try Tide Pods. Don't pay for water. Pay for clean. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be Tide Pods. Water content based on the leading bargain liquid detergent. Save on Tide Pods at CVS. Antenna TV. Nighttime is relax time. The best of classic TV time. Hey, that's great. Watch Three's Company, The Jeffersons, and Barney Miller. Wonderful. Only on Antenna TV. Check your cable listings. Antenna TV. This is your captain. We are going to be experiencing some slight turbulence. Please fasten your... Oh, hold on. Just got a video of my cat. Imagine the pilot of an airplane was as confident as you are texting and driving. Seems kind of crazy when you put it like that. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Ew, gotta get rid of this old Backstreet Boys t-shirt. Tell me why. I've washed it so many times, but the odor won't come out. Have you tried Downy Rinse and Refresh? It doesn't just cover up odors. It helps remove them. Downy Rinse and Refresh removes more odor in one wash than the leading value detergent in three washes. Find it wherever you buy laundry products. This back-to-school season, Downy and Tide are giving back with $1.5 million in scholarships. Enter to win. No purchase necessary. U.S. and D.C., 16 or older, and September 30th. Rules at Downy.com slash scholarship slash official rules. All right, we regret to inform you, the more we learn about Maui, the worse it gets. It's not just the bungled response that now multiple media outlets label Biden's Katrina. Of course, we said that back on Thursday. Tuesday. Today's Thursday. It's been a long week, especially for the people in Maui. It appears the real negligence occurred before the fires. That means at least 111 Americans didn't need to die. Cadaver dogs continue to search for bodies, so... That death toll could rise. The pictures of Americans in water escaping flames is searing. At least 1,000 people are still unaccounted for. Yet all anyone wants to talk about is how climate change is to blame. It's a climate chaos 
uh, development, and it's why we have to pivot fast. And obviously climate change is a factor, but in what ways relocating communities, you know, entire towns or at least large numbers of people as, as the climate changes. I mean, it's daunting in magnitude. And now there is growing evidence that the rush to try to move to renewable energy may have actually played a role in causing the fires. Of course, the warming of the earth may have played a part in that it was hot and dry in Hawaii. What we can definitively say is that Hawaiian Electric and the water company had a lot more to do with this fire and the deaths than a few degrees of surface temperature. The electric lines were not turned off despite high winds, and they should have been. There was a high wind watch and a red flag warning, and because they weren't, dozens of electrical disruptions happened hours before the fire really got going. You can see this video here of a spark. Hawaiian Electric knew something like this could happen and did little to prevent it. During the 2019 wildfire seasons, one of the worst Maui has seen, the company said it needed to do more to stop its power lines from sparking, you think? And four years later, very little work of that has been done. In fact, the company waited until 2022 to ask the state for approval to raise rates to pay for improvements. That request has still not been approved. And so this happened. It's windy, and then there's a flash. And I think right. that's when a tree's falling on a power line. The, the power goes out, our generator kicks in, the camera comes back online, and then the forest is on fire. Huh. Interesting. What you just watched, some experts believe, is the moment that the fire started. Winds knocked down a tree onto a power line. That started the fire on August 7th, a day before the wildfire grew out of control. The blame game, unfortunately, doesn't end there. This is from an article out of Newsweek. Maui water official faces scrutiny over fire response. The writer goes on to mention that that official's delay in releasing water may have hampered firefighters' efforts to put the blaze out. Here he is, Kaleo Manuel, talking about being stingy with water use in an interview of over a year ago. My motto is always, like, let water connect us and not divide us. Like, we, we can share it but it requires true conversations about equity. Or maybe just turning on the fire hydrants when there's a fire to put the fire out and worry about equity later. But we would dare to dream, right? Sure, Michael Singleton, Scott Bolden is here. Sure, Michael, former deputy chief of staff, Department of Housing and Urban Development. Scott, former chairman of the D.C. Democratic Party. Gentlemen, it is good to see both of you. Yeah, good to see you, Lee. All right, look, Scott, I'm going to start with you because we can all agree the climate is changing. That's just a fact. We can see it, and it's happening. Wouldn't everyone be a little bit better served if when we talked about climate change, we were talking about events that actually had to do with climate change rather than you just using it to explain everything and try to gain political power from it? Well, Democrats and those who believe in climate change tend to do that. In this particular case, this was a comedy of errors that led to this tragedy. Uh, I think the Democrats should have held their fire because just from the videos that you've shown, this was a local issue uh, of negligence gross negligence, and there are going to be lawsuits flying. I think there are four pending now. There are going to be a lot more because of the, not only the response by the government, but by the water companies, but also this electric company who knew or should have known. That's a very successful plaintiff's lawsuit against all of those entities, and they're on their way. They're well, coming. what's stunning to me, I, I, look, it, this is a tragedy. There's a lot yeah. of dead people. They're, we're not the ones making a political point about it. The political point's already been made by so many Democrats right now. But that 
one of the reasons that the electric company allegedly didn't do more to protect from wildfires was because they were spending all their money trying to meet clean energy requirements yeah. because yeah. of various regulations. I mean, yeah, th this is what happens when you burden companies with over-regulation. Uh, I think some Democrats, particularly progressives, not all Democrats, particularly mm -hmm. progressives, have really attempted, Leland, to push some of these companies to have to make tough decisions in terms of safety in this case, or meeting some of these legislative bureaucratic standards, a lot of red tape that have been passed by some of these local bodies. And here is the result of this. A company trying to figure out, okay, yeah, we're making revenue, but we're going to have to make some tough decisions to meet the requirements of local leaders, and they did, and here is the but result. that's not why. That's not why this fire and this tragedy occurred. How can you paint this with a broad brush and say it's because the company made a bad choice and not being able to do both, clean energy, as well as protecting the lives of people by shutting down power? by enhancing these power lines, they knew or should have known that these fires would burn. Now, so, did so, it burn so, so Scott, longer so Scott, or harder because well, of climate control? Let me control? just bring this back to the conversation. Negligence is why it burns Senator so Senator Jeff Merkley, um, never missing an opportunity to miss mm -hmm. an opportunity to make a to make a, a point. Heartbreaking fires in Hawaii. Scientists are clear that climate chaos wreaking havoc on ecosystems everywhere is the new norm. We need to take action immediately or it will get even worse. Uh, I guess... The question is, why isn't he demanding, put climate change off for a second, let's get the power lines in mm -hmm. Hawaii fixed so this doesn't happen on other islands? It seems as though the political points uh, are so much more important, Scott, than actually protecting people. Well, to a Democratic elected official, everything's got to do with climate change, and it is a broad piece that is affecting this planet and this country. At the same time, though, I'd be more comfortable with the congressman asking for an investigation because he made those comments probably at or before all of this other information yeah. came out in regard to what happened locally and the negligence that went with it. All right. Uh, so President, Biden, President Biden's going to be there on Monday mm -hmm. after, shall we say, um, a long time not really figuring out how to respond yeah. uh, to this. Uh, spent a weekend on the beach. Well, what does that mean? I mean, it he means said he's a been week, on the he, beach in Delaware. A week and a half ago, he said he's going to send everything their way. After that, and he said complete, no complete 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 so Maui is about forty-seven hundred miles away from Joint Andrews Base. I talked to a retired naval colonel mm -hmm. about this. Mm -hmm. Air Force One can travel almost eight thousand miles without needing to refuel. Right. And the colonel made the point to me: if the president wanted to get there, he could have gotten there, and it would not have impacted the resources on the ground. It's not about sending. It's not about sending. We agree that he could get there. No, it's not about sending. No, it's not about sending. Get in the way. This is getting in the way. He was on the phone with the. Governor, the governor said, "Come on Monday." They're trying to but, clean but up a Leland, disaster area. He could have sent resources and still he have gone on track he media did. attention to he what's gave, going on on the he ground. Ordered this is, everything. No, 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 he ordered everything. He ordered everything. This is Joe Biden. He went up to get to somebody who's actually Joe Biden's not to blame for everything. Stop it! There you go again. You want to blame Joe? Gentlemen, gentlemen. We're going to get on to somebody who's actually doing something about this rather than just arguing. And that's because the worst of times, and this is true, we, these guys will agree on this fact, that the worst of times brings out the best in Americans, right? Amen? That's right. That's Amen. Right. Yes. All right. That's one of the great things about our country. The Greater Good Charities team, Southwest Airlines employees on the ground in Maui, along with Lucky Dogs out of D.C., will load in more than 100 shelter pets from the Maui Humane Society to be flown to Portland and then received by the Oregon Humane Society 
So these animals were in the shelter prior to the fires, but they're taking up kennel space and staff time. Therefore, you get these dogs out, and we can get the dogs who need care right now, who escaped the fires, into the kennel and get them the help they deserve. Hopefully get them reunited with their owners. Shada Varsu, Executive Vice President of Operations of Greater Good Charities, is with us now, along with uh, Dorito and Cheeto. Uh, I, can, I mean, I get that they weren't in the fires per se, but I can just imagine they're pretty traumatized after all of this, right? Uh, they're actually in, in great care, and ultimately, yes, this community has suffered a great trauma. So it's really incredible what Maui Humane Society is doing in partnership with Greater Good Charities, Lucky Dog Rescue, and Southwest Airlines. And uh, these guys are actually on a post-lunch uh, nap phase, um, so they're doing pretty well because they're in excellent care. <laughs> All right, so how many dogs are we talking about? It's 100 dogs on this flight tomorrow morning from Maui to Portland. How many dogs is Maui dealing with right now that have been separated from their owners? They have reports right now of, uh, of about 3,000 lost pets. Um, they can speak to the services they're trying to provide the community at this point. It's obviously very devastating for the human loss of life, and there is always an animal component because uh, pets and people are family. Uh, in this instance, our flight is going to be a, um, a little bit over 100 cats, and the rest will be made up of the dogs that were able to move off island to our friends and partners in or at the Oregon Humane Society and another in the Bay Area. Yeah, and this is so important, right, because you get the dogs and cats out of Maui um, I, that, that were already in the shelter so that when you all find some of these 3,000 that we hope are still alive, you've got the space to care from them and to try to, to, try to reunite them. And it, it, there's always an animal component at some point, at sometimes when you've lost everything, and I've been in too many of these disasters to count, but really the only thing people can care about uh, and think about is, is finding their pets because, as you point out, it, it is – it is family. Congrats to what you guys are doing. It's important work. Um, we're going to tweet out uh, all of this um, in terms of in terms of how to help Lucky Dog Animal Rescue, Greater Good uh, Charities as well. And um, we'll we'll look forward to following Cheeto and Dorito. All right. Thank you. Yes, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, all right. Safe travels. We'll talk soon. California. Well, it's looking like the Wild West. There is no law. Even the rappers are fed up. But the soft-on-crime prosecutor in L.A. is unmoved by this video. What must happen for law and order to return? Is it time to rethink your strategy when it comes to prosecuting crime? Somehow, a video like this no longer shocks us. It was just a couple of days ago in Los Angeles. Five people showed up, sorry, 50 people showed up and looted a Nordstrom. Police still have not made any arrests of any of these people that we know of. This is organized crime. This is not people stealing to, well, put diapers on their babies or something. Similar ransacking happened last week at the East St. Lawrence store. Shoplifters got away with $300,000 worth of merchandise. Again, no arrests. The rapper 50 Cent warned about the dangers of not punishing people who commit crimes. We told you about that, I think, last month. His latest post reads, quote, I told you L.A. was finished. They're going to have to lock the doors appointment only. His comments are emblematic of how most people in the city are starting to feel. They're fed up. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's no... Uh 
integrity in our in our culture. Obviously, you gotta be terrified. I mean, if you're going with your wife out there with your children, and you're walking there, and somebody is robbing the store. Yeah, that would be a feeling. They're not only upset, they're demanding action from Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon. Reporters held his feet to the fire when he spoke about the looting. What do you say to the person who points a finger at you? People in the community feel like they're being overwhelmed with crime and they're blaming you, saying you're soft on crime. Is it time to rethink your strategy when it comes to prosecuting crime in this county? I would ask you the question, what would you tell it when you just heard me speaking right now? Because I think you have a responsibility also for addressing it. So it's the reporter's fault. Okay, that's a new one. Not prosecuting people who do bad things, then expecting the problem to be fixed, is like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. It does nothing to solve the problem. Although, to be fair, Mr. Gascon, well, he points to his 2023 midterm report, which shows criminal filings are at about the same level they've always been. The report says nothing about how many of those cases resulted in a conviction or how many of those people had been let out without bail to reoffend. Of course, we reached out to get more information, but we have not heard back. With us now, Daquan Bruce, Executive Director of Concerned Communities for America. When when the rappers say it's bad, you got to pay attention. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I think I think people who make a living off of music that glorifies violence, right, and, and criminal activity, if they know there's a problem, then you know that the problem is is well, you know, beyond the scope of anything that we can control in this moment. Uh, and uh, you know, Prosecutor Gascon is, you know, completely at fault here because we're seeing crime rise in cities where other prosecutors who are just like him, who are soft on crime, uh, are refusing to prosecute, you know, simple crimes such as uh, theft and and um, other other forms of, you know, these organized mafias uh, of looting and, you know, saying that those are victimless crimes, right, where they aren't hurting any in the, in the individual. But these types of crimes are degradating my, mostly minority communities. Uh, when, a, when a store closes because of, you know, not being able to deal with theft or, or not being able to protect its employees, um, you know, you now have individuals in that community who have to travel farther to get the things they need, who, aren't, who don't have a reliable source of tax revenue in that community, which means prices get higher and higher for the everyday consumer. Yeah, I think we have to make the point that sort of the flash mobs taking over Nordstrom's and high-end retailers and everything else, you... You you have to then extrapolate that out to this happens day in, day out in every bodega in poor and black and brown communities throughout these cities. And eventually the small businesses leave, right? Nordstrom's can deal with this, but the mom and pops, the mom and pops can add. Cost of fighting uh, California retail crime, 312 arrests per year. The uh, California Organized Retail Crime Task Force, believe it or not, um, has a $122 million budget. That means a cost per arrest of $391,000 per, per arrest. But at some point, in a, we had Karen Bass and others were talking about how, look, we need to make arrests in this. Until you get a prosecutor will change things, nothing's going to change. That said, Gascon you know, was reelected and he survived a recall. Mm-hmm. So at some point, you say it's poor communities that are getting affected the most. They're still voting for these people. Right. Well, you know, I think the thing is that we that we need to understand is that many individuals in these, you know, poor communities, when it comes to electing people like their prosecutors, they don't know who's on the ballot. 
they they only know you know the 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 congressmen and women you know the people who are out there spending money in, in these big elections and i think you know we as you know individuals in the media but also individuals who are you know in the on the grassroots side of politics have a responsibility to educate every individual on who's actually you know going to be on the ballot representing them and what their true stances are yeah. you know if people in minority communities knew uh, and during the election that they would have a prosecutor like Gascon who 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 would you know it would completely uh, reject, reject them essentially I can guarantee that they wouldn't have voted for him. I can guarantee that that's they would have, point. you know, put that effort in to go out to the polls. And that's across the country. Chicago is the same way. You know, uh, New York is the same way. Uh-huh. Where we're seeing Washington D.C. is the same way. We got we got to run, but you make a great point, Daquan. It's always good to see you. Thank Likewise. you very much. Uh, tonight on Dan Abrams Live, New York Assemblyman Michael Fitzpatrick will be on the show to talk about his new bill that would make it illegal for companies to take action against employees who try to stop shoplifters. Tonight, 9 Eastern, 8 Central. Back in a minute with who's really at fault for the abysmal response to the Maui fires. You could argue that it's been almost criminal how these people have been left to fend for themselves. Chris Cuomo is going to get some answers on his show. We're going to check in on that in a minute. News Nation. The governor of Hawaii sits down with Chris in the wake of the devastating Maui wildfires. Plus, the surgeon who performed the groundbreaking pig-to-human kidney transplant joins Chris live tonight on Cuomo. All right, Chris is here with us now to preview that interview with the governor of Hawaii. You know, Chris, when I think about this story, as terrible as the fire is, we covered the malfeasance, really, um, of the of the electric company earlier in the show, but I'm I'm interested whether the governor is really going to take to task the president and the federal government in the way, for example, that the Democratic uh, state senator and others in Maui have for the federal response. What do you think? Listen, the governor's job is to deliver the services to the people who are in need right now. The best way to do that is not to chew out the people who are giving you what you need. Uh, I remember uh, when Governor Chris Christie, you know, then of New Jersey, embraced Obama for being so helpful after Superstorm Sandy and people wanted to play politics with it. Listen, when you're yeah, a governor... Well, hold, hold on, hold on. I, I hear your you point. Okay, but that anybody. was when Obama... But that, wait, hold up. But that was when Obama actually delivered the help. And we can all agree, I mean, you've covered it as well. The, re- the federal response to this has been terrible. Uh, that's not what the governor is going to say. And well, of course uh, not. You have, the FEMA, you have the FEMA director there. you got hundreds of workers on the ground. They obviously need more. I think the bigger concern is how it got out of control. Uh, what role the lack of early warning played. What role the lack of preparations on the infrastructure yeah. played. Um, just as much as what's going on now. It's a hard-to-reach area. It reminds me of when we co- uh, covered the uh, tsunami uh, in Banda Aceh. It was so hard to get to so many of those areas, it really exacerbated the death uh, and the aftermath uh, death and casualty count. But I'm looking forward to his consideration. But I have obviously, as you can assume, I'm not having him on to play politics. I don't give a damn who he wants to yell at or not. I want to know what his plan is for how to help and what he thinks about why it happened and what role the alarm played and the power company played. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Also, the water the water company as well. Uh, six minutes to the show, Chris. We'll let you get ready, and I'm I'm fascinated by that interview with the with the doctor, the surgeon. That's going to be great. We'll see you in a minute. Why pigs? 
<laughs> I know. It's going to be. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The pig organ. It's great. It's a great story. All right. We got to run. Uh, when we come back, uh, what every politician can learn from the Finnish prime minister. It's fascinating what she has turned her life into. Every politician should take note. We'll see you in a minute. The best job in the world used to be that of a former president of the United States. Paid speeches, private jets, celebrity friends, secret service protection, invites to every golf course, and no responsibilities. That is, until the newly single Finnish prime minister left her job. Santa Marin made history as the youngest female leader in world history. And now in recent Instagram posts, she is hitting up the music festivals. Posted herself at a three-day music festival in Helsinki. Her Instagram says she had a proper vacation, hadn't had a proper vacation for a while. Not bad for someone who was once listed among the 100 most powerful people in the world. Santa Marin officially left office three weeks ago. Along the way, she moved Finland into NATO. Faced some criticism after which she, she was seen photographed at clubs, a breach of COVID rules in her own government. Divorced out of office, and she is now living her best life, as the kids would say. So who can blame her? I'll see you tomorrow. Here's Chris.